Give me a go, no go for launch. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. I was gonna say something that was not true. I, I don't know why we do these. Let's make film history. We are go for launch. Welcome back, everybody, to the Almost Sideways podcast. We are here with another episode for you. And today we're going to be doing a deep dive into a film that just celebrated its 25th anniversary. Uh, and this year we are celebrating its 25th anniversary of winning Best Picture at the Oscars. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to be talking about a little bit of what we've been watching recently. Uh, so, as always, thank you so much for listening. You can find us all over the internet, almostsideways.com, Facebook, Twitter. I am your host, Terry Plucknett, and with me today, as always, are Todd Plucknett and Zach Saltz. Uh, Todd, what are you drinking today? Uh, so, on my birthday on the 4th of July, I got this Viking Blood, which is Nordic honey wine with hibiscus and hops added, and it really just kind of tastes like like some sort of a funky uh like apple cider so that's what are i'm going with are you sure that's not what they were drinking in midsummer it sounds very scandinavian and <laughs> demonic probably less lsd involved in this drink than that yeah but yeah could be okay all I right hope, i hope it's not red <laughs> <laughs> it's brown it's brown that's good. Zach, what do you got? No, wait, maybe that's not good. Um, I'm drinking uh, some wonderful, rare uh, $7.99 Costco wine from the fabulous Kirkland, Washington. Now, I Kirkland did, Signature. I did watch a online review the other day of cheap wines, and there was a, a wine uh, YouTuber out there who said that cheap co- uh, Target wine is better than cheap Costco wine. So I do think in future episodes, I may venture out and try the brand label of Target wine. Just throwing that out there for viewers and all, all, all three listeners out there. Something Expanding to get excited your over. horizons. I think so. Well, stay tuned for that. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff <laughs> happening here. Uh, well, for me, uh, I try to do something new. Uh, there's so much craft craft beer around uh, around these parts in, in Oregon. Uh, I try to do something new every podcast, but I had a pretty good stash of leftovers from the last several podcasts in the fridge, so I just went with some of that. And so I've got the, uh, the Deschutes Twilight Summer Ale again. Uh, it, it's, it's one of my favorites that I've had since, uh, since we started this and there were a couple extra bottles in the fridge, so I went with it. So there we go. Cheers. Not as interesting as your hat though. Mm-mm. Yeah. You need, yeah, yeah. That, the hat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm repping the, uh, my Seattle supersonics hat today. Uh, that shit kicker hat. This is, this is one of my favorite hats right here. And, uh. Yeah, especially after Russell Westbrook got traded to the to the Rockets, I posted on Facebook and Twitter, texted Todd right away, that that Russell Westbrook was uh, as as much as I kind of hate him as a player, and and love seeing the the Thunder go into a complete tailspin and just completely flounder, and it'll take like ten years for them to ever be good again. Um, Russell Westbrook was the last player left on that team that could be called a former supersonic he was actually drafted as a supersonic and it was like the week after he was drafted they announced they were moving to oklahoma city 
So uh, it was kind of it was kind of a bittersweet day because it was like the last remnant of the Sonics that was left on that in that organization. Other than is, Clay is now gone. No, no, he's he doesn't count. He doesn't count. He never was a Sonic. So how many um, how many actual Sonics are left in the league? Ooh, well you can kind of count Russ, but Durant, Durant, Nick Collison, Collison's not around anymore. Yeah, Collison's not. Yeah, it, it's I mean Durant, is that it? Green, and. Westbrook. Oh yeah, Jeff Green. I, th- I think that's I it. Honestly, think that's it. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, Jeff the the, the Sonic. last Sonic teams had were filled with guys like you know Kurt Thomas and those kind of guys that they were just trying to like fill a roster. I don't know. Ray Allen still might have a comeback at some point. <laughs> yeah, touche. <laughs> he, he can still shoot. All these guys are playing in the big three, right? Richard Lewis. You know. Oh yeah. The most memorable thing about that last Sonics team was they lost a regular season game to the Nuggets where they gave up 168 points in regulation. Yeah, and, then they, and then they beat them in triple overtime this, the second time they played, which was like their last home game, which was kind of awesome. I thought another really interesting... No, that was against uh, the Mavericks, actually. It, it, I don't know. One, one, of those, one of those two happened. Another really interesting part of this, uh, of this Russell Westbrook trade is... Um, is Russell Westbrook was traded to the Rockets for really one of the only reasons the Thunder are in Oklahoma City. And that is after the uh, after Hurricane Katrina, the Hornets for a season moved from New Orleans to Oklahoma City and Chris Paul played a season in Oklahoma City, well, a season and a half. And because of how well the Hornets did and how well they were received by, by the city, the the city started looking for a team and brought in the Thunder. So the reason the Thunder exist is Chris Paul, and now he's a Thunder, but probably not for very long. I think we all know that once Michael Jordan finally realizes that he's not making any money off off the Hornets, then they are going to move. But he's never going to move that that team out of Charlotte, or that he's again. a terrible executive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he's never going to admit that, but he's gonna he's gonna realize he's not making any money, and then he, yeah, they'll move in at that point. Yeah. Does anyone in Va- right. Vancouver feel ang- this angry that the Grizzlies left? I I don't think so. I th- I think the I think the Vancouver feels about the Grizzlies the way like Seattle feels about the Pilots. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't there long enough to really care. <laughs> the Pilots well, you know, were there for like one season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the Grizzlies were there for like what five? Canada is too nice. Nice no, to care. I mean, no. See that that's the problem. I remember when, when Vancouver lost the Stanley Cup, they like burned the city down. You know, there. But maybe that's only the way they feel yeah. about hockey. Because that's the only time they've ever made the Stanley Cup, and they like all of Canada hates Vancouver. So they hate all of British Columbia. So. They were it was like them against everybody. Well, they hate freedom. Goddamn Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing that ever came out of Canada that's good was Terrence and Philip. <laughs> that's true. Uh, and Pedro Martinez, but he wasn't born there. He just played there. All right, we're we're off to a wow. great start right now. This is like the the craziest, most random rant we've ever had to start a podcast, and I love it. You wore the hat, man. I wore the hat. Todd's got on like an Italy shirt. I don't even know Italia. what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's hop into our, our first segment here where we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff we've been watching. And uh, Zach, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, tell us what, you're, what you've been up to. Okay. Well, today I just watched a movie in the theaters uh, called Wild Rose. Uh, this is a new release uh, from... Uh, England, I think, or Ireland. The, the, the movie takes place in Scotland, so it's somewhere in the UK. And uh, it's directed by Tom Harper, and it stars Jesse Buckley as a musician named Rose. Rose Lynn, technically. And uh, even though she lives in Scotland, she is obsessed and enamored with country music. Uh, and it's not called country western music. She has a lot of uh, nice little rants about why, why it's not. Anyway, she dreams of becoming a country star and moving to Nashville. But alas, she has some obstacles in her life. One of which is that she's just been released from prison. Another of which is that she has two young children to care for. So the movie is not uh, that radical. It's pretty predictable. Um, if you anticipate it, the beats are pretty predictable. Um, as she has to overcome her personal struggles while also trying to attain her dreams of becoming a, a country star um it's saved by a really great performance by the lead actress and some good country music and who knew that people in scotland really loved country music i mean it's kind of weird i i don't know so i guess if you're a fan of once you know sort of in that territory but not anywhere close to as good but uh jesse buckley pr- pretty good actress something to look out for solid three-star movie yeah, i saw her on one of the uh one of the late night shows when that was first getting its uh its publicity run and it it sounded really interesting i, I really want to see it yeah it's it's yeah, worth checking I, out i saw her in a movie last year uh it was called beast and yeah she was one of my favorite uh lead actresses that year i never heard of her before of that if this movie was released in november she would get a golden globe nomination but that that will never I mean, happen well musical comedy all right well, uh, I'm gonna go next. Uh, I've been uh, I haven't had a whole lot of time to to watch uh, too much new. Uh, I uh, I revisited West Side Story. I hadn't watched that in a while, and uh, I'm always pleasantly surprised by how amazing that movie is every time I watch it. Um, I saw uh, Charlie Chaplin's City Lights for the first time this week, and that was absolutely amazing. For the first time. I, I'm a huge fan of Modern Times. That's like one of my all-time favorite movies. But um, yeah, hadn't seen City Lights yet, and uh, it was really good. It was really good. I, the, Chaplin is a master at what he does. Uh, I would say I like Modern Times more, but City Lights was very good. Um, then uh, that was about all I watched. All the movies I watched, but one of the biggest things I've been doing over the last couple of weeks is uh, catching a lot of the uh, documentaries that are, are coming out um, on TV about the uh, Apollo moon landings with the uh, 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong's uh, Step on the Moon coming up in about a week. A week from today is the 50th anniversary. Uh, so um, a week and a half ago or so, I watched Apollo 11, uh, which is uh, streaming through CNN, I believe, if you've got uh, cable. And uh, that was absolutely amazing uh movie purely archival footage which i thought was incredible um and the main thing i took away from it is i was really bummed i didn't get to see it in theaters because it is something that looks like it belongs in a theater and having the theatrical experience um and then uh one of one of my favorite channels on tv is the smithsonian channel and they've had several good ones coming out uh one of them is uh it's a five-part series called Apollo's Moonshot, where they've gone through basically the entire manned space program from Mercury through Apollo 
talking about uh, about everything along the way. And since it's Smithsonian Channel, they uh, also intersperse uh, looking at the actual uh, some of the actual artifacts that the Air and Space Museum in Washington D.C. have related to uh, to the Apollo missions and things like that. And it's it's been a really cool. Uh, a really cool series that I, that I've been following. I think it, the last episode comes out. Uh, uh, we're recording this on Saturday the thirteenth, so it comes out tomorrow, uh, the fourteenth. Uh, so definitely check that out. And then the last one that I that I watched was another one on Smithsonian Channel called uh, "The Day We Walked on the Moon," and that interviews a lot of the people that were involved. It interviews Michael Collins, um, and uh, it it doesn't interview well neil's gone but but doesn't interview buzz but does interview one of buzz aldrin's kids and uh neil armstrong's kids as well and interviews gene kranz um and uh it's a very uh good uh documentary as well about the specifically about the apollo 11 mission and one of the things that's really interesting um so we talked about apollo 13 on a previous podcast and uh, and you know the fact that charlie duke has the measles is a very integral part of Apollo 13. Well, I think we mentioned Charlie Duke was Capcom, the one talking to Neil and Buzz when they landed on the moon. And so, like, when you hear the 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 recording of the, you know, the eagle has landed and he says something like, uh, we can all breathe again, you had a lot of guys turning blue in here. Um, if you watch any of the footage, not only is he the Capcom, but the two guys sitting right next to him are Jim Lovell and Fred Hayes. Uh, so it's it's kind of cool that you see see those two sitting right next to him listening in as kind of the back backup Capcoms if something were to happen. So, um, and then Neil, uh, I, Neil and Buzz returned the favor when they watched Apollo thirteen with Jim's mom with with Blanche. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But so yeah, I, I love uh, I love watching anything related to space and the fact that there's so much out right now with this uh, anniversary coming up. I've been I've been uh, totally immersing myself in. Uh, in late 60s space race history so that's what i've been up to i i i want to revisit before the end of the summer i want to revisit from the earth to the moon also which is is a great miniseries hbo put out um kind of like what uh tom hanks and spielberg did with band of brothers coming out immediately after uh saving private ryan um from the earth to the moon came out with him and ron howard came out like right after apollo 13 so uh, check that out if you haven't checked out before. Okay, I saved the best for last. Todd, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> okay, so I haven't really watched a lot of movies because I have been entranced by the World Series of Poker main event, $10,000 buy-in. So now, this and is $10 Saturday. $10 million dollars for the champ. Yes, $10, $10 million first prize. Yes, that is true. Uh, there are nine players left, so it is the final table. And today is actually the one day in the last from July third to July sixteenth. They are not playing. Uh, uh, there are not any real big name professionals that are left, but they were all like semi pros. But we had a really uh, we had a good deep run by Antonio Esfandiari, who is uh, known as the magician, but he doesn't really play a lot of like televised poker anymore because he. He, he has been quoted as saying, like, I don't play against seven pros, I, I play against seven fish. So, I mean, but, I mean, he, he pretty much doesn't need to anymore because he won the big one for one drop and won, like, $27 million in that tournament, so, which was a million-dollar buy-in. So, he, he, had a, he, he had a deep run, and we had a, our boy. I don't think it, uh, Kevin Pollock is not anybody's boy. Like, he's everybody's boy. Like, he had a really nice run. He actually made the money, too. 
He's one of the. Nice. I, I'd say he's one of the the five best uh, celebrity poker players that there is. Wow. And then th- there's also the son of a main event winner uh, that uh, finished in the top 100, Daniel Hashem, which is the son of uh, Joe Hashem, who won the 2005 main event, and also Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> Richard Seymour also was uh, in this tournament, and he, he had a really great run until he actually got to the feature table and was on TV. Like, he, he was really gun-shy about his, uh, about some some plays. He, he, like, really, he checked in the wrong spots. Like, he, I think he never actually had been on TV playing poker before, and he got a little nervous because he, he really... He really was getting scrutinized too because he, I mean, he made some really head scratching moves. Even though he like, uh, like increased the stack by like six times the day before, so he obviously I, is a I really watched, good player. I watched that day, and yeah, he was intimidated by the moment. He played terrible that day. Yeah, and he also had a really strange like fanny pack that he wore up and down uh, across. <laughs> yeah, his he chest. wore it like a satchel like across his chest. Yeah, it was yeah. really, it was really strange. We had inflated footballs. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but anyway i really like uh the structure that espn has now because uh instead of just like a, an edited couple hours that we get from the world series we actually get uh live tv so we actually get the the full grind and like the 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 stolen blinds and the aggressive plays without having to show the showdown which has actually helped me a lot in my game uh watching these kind of things because it 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 actually reflects more on what poker is actually about and not every hand isn't like someone's getting knocked out but this is a marathon tournament like they have two hour uh two hour uh blind structures which is the highest you will ever see and i mean and and they also let people come in on day two which is weird because they're sitting down with like 50 big blinds when people have been playing for 12 hours a day before, it, it just is really odd, especially... But 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 then again, it did let Phil Helmuth actually get in, because he, he was on some, like, tropical vacation. He didn't, couldn't get there until the second day, so he actually got to <laughs> come in at that time. Uh, of course he did. Yeah, and... um, But, I mean, but he was totally, like, out of his element at the time, and he, he got knocked out in, like, two hours, because he made some really... Some really... Uh, uh, ambitious bluff uh, against this guy and then he had one of his amazing blow-ups and uh yeah he pretty much tailspit from there i heard but, that like he he should have been like kicked out before uh before he actually he actually was eliminated because of his blow-up yeah i mean usually he's like he, he just is like walking around like cussing and like getting pissed off but uh, but he was actually criticizing the player that was sitting directly to his left because that was a guy that that called him with a pair of nines when he went all in and it was like a, just the most random thing i don't know i mean phil homies is amazing and he is why uh why poker is on tv pretty much other than uh money maker but i mean it was it was bizarre but what really stood out to me about this tournament is how the high stakes players actually made really deep runs because that's not normal, because they pretty much play with the same, like, 40 to 50 guys, like, daily in, like, these, like, private rooms. and But, like, Alex Foxen finished in the top 50, Jake Schindler finished in the top 100, and Nick Schulman, who is actually a broadcaster, like, when he's not playing, 
Like, he was doing, like, double duty, and he, he, he had a really good run. I actually think he's better than, uh, him and Ali Najat are better than Norm, Norman Chad and, uh, Lon McCarron, because Lon, Lon way too old. Like, he makes mistakes, like, every five minutes, like, that are just, like, blatant, like, what the hell are you talking about kind of mistakes, and Norman Chad is reduced to just, like, reading old poker, like, statistics, and, uh, I don't know, and just, like, corny-ass jokes. And yeah, Norman, Norman Chad. Norman Chad is best when, uh, when it was like the pre-recorded stuff, when he could have his punchlines figured out beforehand, and just be ready with the little zingers, because he's like a stand-up comedian. Yeah, he used to be the play-by-play guy, but now they have like uh, they they have a uh, a professional in with them, so it's like Maria Ho, but she is like, I mean, she's just like the the queen of like, she's like basically a uh. Who, who's the Mariners uh, play-by-play guy? Not, not the play-by-play guy, the color guy. Oh, Mike Blowers? Mike Blowers, yeah. She's like, she's like Captain Obvious, Mike Blowers style, like, when, when, she's, <laughs> when she's broadcasting poker. But, like, Ali Najad and Nick Schulman, like, actually get inside the mind of the poker player, and it, and that kind of stuff I really find fascinating, like, when they're broadcasting the, su- the Super High Roller Bowl and stuff like that. But this is the second biggest uh, World Series ever behind 2006, like, when in the height of the moneymaker boom. And uh, I, I just wish I, we had more uh, ac- access to it. I mean, yeah, we get, like, five hours a day or something, but, like, I wish we could have, like, the, po- the, the, the Poker Go app has, like, the entire thing, but you have to pay for it. I'm not going to pay for the Poker Go app, but I really want to watch what happens, like, every other time, because it always cuts it off at, like, a really random time. So there are nine players left. And this guy, Hossein Ensan, has like a 2-1 to ship lead over second place. But I'm actually taking the second place guy because he is actually uh, the senior consultant of player affairs at Poker Starts, which is, sounds really impressive. So I don't know. But his name is Gary Gates. That, that also kind of sounds like a porn star name or something. But <laughs> I'm taking that guy. That guy is my prediction that he's going to win the World Series. That was a that was a great uh, a great analysis of it, and I love Thank how you. Zach just just laughed at us because he has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, I've heard of Moneymaker. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have? Yeah, a- that, that's that's an actual guy. That's not just you know someone who's who makes money. Oh, okay. Yeah. I Chris guess. Moneymaker. So, ta- do you have a star ranking rating for this year's World Series of Poker? I mean, I'm gonna give it like I'm gonna give it a solid three stars because it's not it, it wasn't as compelling as last year because last year there were there were a lot more interesting uh, characters that that were in it but it also was a way smaller it was like over a thousand uh, contestants smaller so I don't know I mean yeah it's like a it's like a three star it's, it's definitely worth you know tuning into ESPN not the poker go out because nobody pays for that but definitely just tune into ESPN you know every day for like you know fourteen straight days which and, I and- do. And then I have one other question that we, it's a question that we ask on our Deep Dive podcast, which we may ask later. If this was a movie, who would Nicolas Cage play? (laughs) Ah, that's, that's a great question. That is a great question. I don't, honestly. Not Gary Gates? Porn star? Uh, I don't think he really looked, no, I don't think so. Helmuth. Helmuth. He'd have the blow-ups. Yeah, he could, I mean, yeah, with the sunglasses. This is not happening! (laughs) <laughs> that that is actually a really good call i'm going with that especially because of the sunglasses and everything <laughs> he absolutely would play phil Helmuth, 15 time bracelet winner phil Helmuth, which he will not stop letting people know that that's how many bracelets he has 
He should just, like, wear them all up one arm one day at the main event. And by one day, I mean the only day he ever gets to play because he gets knocked out on the first day every year now. Yeah, well, especially when he shows up on day two. I, I just don't get that. It's just so stupid. Where was he well, on vacation? Yeah. He was in, like, uh... I don't know. I... I can't remember what the <laughs> what the island was that he was on. But he, he was, like, with, uh... He was with uh, Rob Lowe on vacation in some like Caribbean island, I think. And no, of that, he that was. is yeah, that that is not of <laughs> course made he up. Was. <laughs> uh, all right. I think I'd rather well, watch a show about that trip than the World Series of Poker. But I I will say, watching World Series of Poker, it is pretty fascinating. Well, in Zach, the, you the... also suck at poker. I mean, I watched you play in Vegas. It, it did not go. Hey, well. you you told me that yeah. I was the only person at that table that was unpredictable. Well, that and is it's... definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> you could not predict so, what I was going to do next. So, so yeah, there was there was one survive. To, to 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 bring everybody in on this. There, when we did our trip to Vegas last year, there was one poker tournament all three of us entered, and randomly Todd and Zach end up at the same table. And and Todd just had to laugh at Zach constantly as he didn't know what the hell he was doing. 46 minutes, baby. He lasted I, 46 minutes. That's better than some of those other guys at the table. Yeah, yeah. That, this well, is I mean, true. You lasted longer. It was probably longer. mostly the Irish coffee because <laughs> that that is a great 8 a.m. drink in Vegas. <laughs> uh, all right. All right, well, good. Uh, hopefully you guys got some uh, ideas of what you can be watching, whether it's uh, going to the theater uh, or uh, catching up on some TV. Uh, but now it's time to get into today's deep dive. And uh, like I said before, we are celebrating the 25th anniversary of the 1994 Best Picture winner, Forrest Gump. Hello, my name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Would you like a chocolate? Oh, thank you. It's funny what a young man recollects. You're the same as everybody else. You are no different. Your boy's different. Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. And before we get into anything about Forrest Gump and uh, and talking about it and overanalyzing it completely, we have some trivia to do. And Zach is our trivia host this time. So, Zach, what are we doing? All right, well, we are going to do classic uh, trivia over uh, Forrest Gump. So uh, we're going to do the same method where one of us uh, takes off the headphones, puts on mute uh, while the other one goes, and then, uh, you know, classic uh, quiz show style. So I think what we'll do is, uh, I think I started with Todd last time. So this time I'm going to start with Terry. So, Todd, you need to remove your headphones and hit the mute button. By the way, I think this is the first time Todd has gone second in any of the trivia games. So this, this is going to be true. Good. Yeah, I mentioned that last time. Yeah, I never go second. I'm always the first one. So yes, okay. I, I like this. Putting him in a, in uncharted territory yeah. throws him throws him off his to. game. All you know, yeah. sixteen point three seven five points he has now. You know, suddenly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. I'm gonna watch Forrest Gump on mute. All right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so for this trivia round, I have 10 questions for a total of 16 points. Okay. So some of these questions are worth multiple points. I will let you know 
uh, the questions that are worth multiple points. Okay, here's the first question. This is a question that is worth two points. And this is taken directly from uh, our last trivia too. What are the first and last lines of the film? First and last words said in this film. I should clarify. Okay. Um, first word is those. No. Those look like comfortable shoes. And no, that's not it. That is, no, that I missed is, it. That is incorrect. No, it's... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, yeah, I'm not getting... Yeah, what is it? The correct answer is hello. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he would say that. Uh, last, last word, word. is... Daddy. Uh, no, that's also wrong. The last word is gump. Oh, because he, he says... Okay. I'm Forrest Gump. Yeah, I forgot. I didn't. He introduced himself to the bus driver after he said yeah, bye to yeah. bye to Forrest. Dang it! An auspicious okay. start by Terry. Okay, next question for one point. What is Forrest's number when he plays for the Alabama football team? Forty-four. That is correct. Next question, also worth two points. What are the two standing orders in Lieutenant Dan's platoon? Uh, take care of your feet. Correct. And don't do anything stupid, like getting yourself killed. Correct. I hope I don't let him down. That was almost verbatim what, what his uh, standing <laughs> orders were, so good job. Uh, what is the name, for one point, what is the name of the dormitory hall where Jenny lives? Uh, St. Anthony's? That is incorrect. The correct answer is Margaret Mitchell Hall. Oh, she goes that. to St. Anthony's, I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for one point, what is Bubba's full name? Benjamin Buford Blue. That is correct. I thought you'd get that one. Uh, next question. When Jenny performs on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, what movie is playing across the street? Rosemary's Baby. That is correct. I was one of those that I noticed this watch. I'm like, ooh, that could be a question. Yeah, see, I try to make these <laughs> questions things that you wouldn't be noticing because you anticipated them in trivia, but uh, yeah. obviously that one didn't work. Okay, next question for one point. What are Lieutenant Dan's prosthetic legs made out of? Titanium alloy. It's what they use on the space shuttle. That is correct. Uh, for one point, where is the Gump Medical Center located? Oh, um... Oh, uh, um, the, what's it called? It's, it's a, it's a French name. Um, it's like Beau, it's not Beau Baton, but something like that. Beau, Beau Batrice? Some, uh. Yeah, close. The correct answer is Bayou Labatra. Bayou Labatra. Okay. I knew it was something like that. Yeah, close. Not close enough, though. Yeah. Okay, for one point, and you have to get this answer exactly right to get one point, how long did Forrest run for in years, months, days, and hours? See, this is the thing that I thought you would, like, watch for and anticipate as a trivia question. So I only made this worth one point. Oh, gosh. Um, Four years, 126 days, and four hours. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Was it three years? Three years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours. Okay. Yeah, I had no clue. Okay. Last question, and this is worth up to a total of five points. 
So each correct uh, item you name is worth a point. After Forrest receives $25,000 for the rights to his paddle for ping pong, what are the first five things he purchases before buying a shrimp boat? A new suit. Correct. Um, fancy dinner with mama. Correct. Um, how many items? Five total. Five total. Um, do I have to say how many Dr. Peppers? Uh... <laughs> get, say what you think. Well, it's, it was like it was like five Dr. Peppers. Uh, three Dr. Peppers. I'll, I'll okay. give you a half point for that. Oh gosh, really? Okay. Um. Uh oh, some new shoes. No. No, I knew that was wrong. Um, I'll give you one more guess though, because it's five total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. And oh, a new lawnmower. That's wrong. No, the other two were a new haircut and a bus ticket. Uh, but all in all, not a terrible round. You got eight and a half points, so that's 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 formidable. We'll we'll see how Todd does. Okay. So we'll let Todd get back on. All right. All right, Todd, so uh, going second for the first time ever. Maybe this is the key to your success, that you've never had to go second. Um, okay. He usually wins. Yeah. I think I've only, I've only won one of these, and that was Apollo 13. No, you won the uh, almost famous one. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, I did. Okay. Against you, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. No, I don't think I win these. I, I think I've won, like, maybe two. Because I mean, you watch the movies with the uh, subtitles, you don't listen. To them. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think they probably were both against Terry. Okay, so Todd, uh, I have a total of ten questions, and they're up to a to- worth a total of sixteen points. Terry, okay, that's a lot. Yeah, Terry has eight and a half points, so you have eight to eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. Like the How did movie. he weasel's way into a half a point? I got. I no, no, no. It should be nine. It really should be nine. Zach, Zach's being a a, a little moron and taking a half point away from me. <laughs> we'll see. Me. It it may be irrelevant. It's so. it's stupid. It's stupid. Why is this my favorite part of our podcast? That's <laughs> <laughs> arguing over the scoring system of our stupid. Exactly. That, that's, that's inevitable. You know, there should be an over under and time elapsed until one of us starts bitching about the scoring system. <laughs> Okay, so for two points, this is the first question. What are the first and last words spoken in the film? This is taken from the question uh, asked in the last podcast. And uh, you're not allowed to look at the screen and see uh, your subtitles. (laughs) I'm not watching the first or last scene right now. He's in Vietnam right now. Uh I'm going to say the first word is, like, my, and the last word is something like, uh, I don't know, stranger? Uh, both of those are incorrect. The first word is hello, and the last word is gump. I'm amazed you didn't look for that as a question, because that was such a good question from the last episode. Or from the, yeah, I missed both of the them, American too. American Beauty Trivia. I, hey, said, yeah, I, mean, I said the I first word was... I anybody else would ask that, but 
Terry. <laughs> I said the first word was those, like when he says those are comfortable shoes, or those look like comfortable shoes, and I said the last word is daddy, because I thought his last, the last thing he says is I love you daddy when he gets on the bus, but he introduces himself to the bus driver after that. I know, that's why I said stranger, now now we're not, like, you're not a stranger or something, I, I don't know, that was what yeah. I was thinking. The first you know. word is hello, the last word is gump. Okay. Uh, well, I suck. Uh, next question, uh, worth one point. Force, what is Forrest's number when he plays for the Alabama football team? That's uh, like 44. 44 is correct. Uh, next question for two points. What are the two standing orders in Lieutenant Dan's platoon? Uh, this almost was my senior quote. One, good, t- good, take good care of your feet. And two, don't do anything stupid like getting yourself killed. Exactly. <laughs> Two points. And yes, that was almost my senior quote. But I went with Yoda instead. <laughs> you went with Yoda instead. Yeah. Take good care of your feet. I didn't know they yeah. still did senior quotes. I thought they just did that in the movies. That was 2006. I'm old. And a small high school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for... 30, 33 in our graduating class. 945. Wow, I'd like 500. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, for one point, what is the name of the dormitory hall where Jenny lives? Uh, I don't know, like uh, Hamilton or something? Uh, no, the right answer is Margaret Mitchell Hall. See, now I should get a half point for at least getting something related to the school as my answer there. <laughs> he just came up with some BS answer that came off the top of his head. I at least said the name of the school. When I edit this, I'm going to come up with some like sound effect for whining about the point system. Put it in wherever <laughs> you want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you are awarded no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> okay. All right, next, next question for one point. What is Bubba's full name? Uh, Benjamin Buford Blue. That is correct. He just checked the screen to see if he was right. I think so. No, I'm wa- I'm actually watching uh, Forrest eating ice cream as we speak. Lieutenant <laughs> Dan, ice cream. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, for one point, when Jenny performs on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, what movie is playing across the street? Oh, shit. Uh, it's got to be like uh, The Great Escape. No. Right era, though, but wrong movie. The correct answer is Rosemary's Baby. I don't know about you, but I, I always notice whatever the movie theater's playing. I mean, I, I don't even remember what happened in that scene. I just remember Rosemary's Baby across the street. See, now, I thought your question was going to be they were singing in front of the Gene Harlow star. Yeah, I thought about asking that, but I don't know. It's a more interesting question. I, I don't know. Uh, okay, uh, for, for one point, next question. What are Lieutenant Dan's prosthetic legs made out of? Uh... Uh, titanium alloy that is correct nicely done uh, next question for one point where is the Gump Medical Center located uh, like are you, are you asking it for a city yes yes okay uh, I'm going to say in Birmingham. Uh, first oh, okay. Once first again, right. I am so much closer. <laughs> so much closer. <laughs> wah, wah. What is it in like Vietnam or something? <laughs> <laughs> We're not judging this by geographical proximity, are we? Um, no. No, because I don't think the city exists. 
It's something called Bayou La Batra. I that said it. A, I, I got it close. I said you, it was something. You did French. say it was something French, but I that don't does know. not get you a half point. <laughs> Terry still leads, but but Todd. I'm not saying it, I should. I, I'm not saying I should have gotten a half point. I'm just saying that when it comes to to the best guesses, I am much better at guessing than <laughs> Okay. Well, your guess your your guess was terrible on this next question. Yeah, uh, how long did Forrest run for in years, months, days, and hours? And you have to be exact. Oh shit! He he ran for uh, it was like I don't know. It was like okay. Like I'm gonna say like two years, three months, twenty eight days, and eleven hours. Uh, no, it's incorrect. Uh, I'll, I think it was about the same difference that Terry had because Terry said yeah, four it was years. it was equally crappy. E- equally crappy. Three years, two months, fourteen days, and sixteen hours. Which sounds like yeah. it should be the sequel to four months, three weeks, uh, and two days. I'm pretty tired. I, I, I think years, I'll go home I like, now. I really thought you'd get. I thought both of you would get that question because that's the type of question you got to figure I was going to ask. That, that's such mm-hmm. a perfect stupid trivia question. Yeah, but why would we remember the exact numbers? <laughs> I don't know. Those are those are good numbers. Um, okay, last question, and uh, I'll, we'll we'll update the scores right now. Terry has eight and a half eight and a half points. Todd has five. However, this last question oh. is worth five points. Oh boy. So Todd could catch Terry with this last question. There, it is a five answer. This question contains five different answers. So. I would be impressed if Todd gets four out of the five. I I will I will accept Todd. defeat. Okay, here is the question up worth to up to five points. After Forrest receives twenty five thousand dollars for the rights to his paddle, his ping pong paddle, what are the first five things he purchases before buying the shrimp boat? Uh. He buys suits. He buys uh, uh, the lawnmower. He buys uh, suit is correct. Lawnmower is incorrect. That should be half a point. He said suits. He bought a <laughs> new I suit. Say that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the stupid technicality you called me on on this. On you're, this the, exact you're the one who started it with uh, Lee Daniels, <laughs> or Lee Daniel, whatever his stupid name is. <laughs> I'm running this trivia. I say it's okay. <laughs> oh, come on. We need to have some I'd, regulated uh, trivia rules. I, here. I'd be impressed. <laughs> Todd needs to get three more without any misses. I'd be impressed if he could um, do that. Yeah, me too. Um. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm not going to get right so i'm just gonna say some <laughs> shit um uh he probably bought like 13 dr peppers and he bought uh <laughs> uh well i'll give you half credit for that because terry also said dr peppers, stupid half but, point but, but, yeah because we got the wrong number of dr peppers he gave me a half a point he bought three so so the best you can do todd is tie him if you can if you can think of two more things you can tie terry at eight and a half now, now, do you agree that you should only get a half point for saying suits when it was only one? No, I, st- really. I stand by my system. <laughs> I was a letter off. You were a whole number off. You know. <laughs> um. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I he pr- I I uh, I don't know what he else he bought. He probably bought you know a new wheelchair for Lieutenant Dan, which is not correct. And he also <laughs> bought uh, 
you know, uh, a football which you did not know how to run with. <laughs> Those are some no truly the... terrible guesses. But... <laughs> Horrible <laughs> guesses. Those are not guesses. Those are those were give ups. Uh, um, the other three were a new haircut, a fancy dinner for Mama, and a bus ticket. Terry, did you also with Mama. did you also say lawnmower too? I said lawnmower too, That's but I did. I got the fancy. I got the fancy dinner with Mama. Why would you both say lawnmower? I should have gotten the haircut. That makes Cause, me mad. Because I mean, when, when else was he gonna buy it? Obviously, I mean, he was super oh, rich. Oh, because la- later he mows lawnmower. the football. Okay, I get it now. When he mows the football field, but yeah, that's, yeah. It must be because you're related. I would have never guessed that in a million years. <laughs> I should have gotten the new haircut. That makes me mad. So, so Terry wins by a final score of eight and a half to six and a half, and yet he's still complaining, but he's he's still the victor. Yep. Yep. <sighs> Whatever. All right. You all right. To win so by the more points. the the other questions I thought you were going to ask oh, um, right, were uh, <laughs> were what was what was on the license plate of the uh, truck that was going to run over Forrest at the beginning and the answer is a Confederate flag. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, what uh, what singer did Jenny aspire to be and the Joe answer Baez. is Joan Baez. Joan Baez. Yeah, yeah, I thought about Joan Baez. Yeah, and yeah, and then uh, the other one I thought you were gonna ask is what does the bumper sticker on uh, Lieutenant Dan's uh, wheelchair say? Ooh, I don't know. What what yeah, does it say? It says America, our kind of place. Nice. Or so, Wait, something along gonna, those lines. I thought lines. he was gonna ask something about Captain Kangaroo because they mentioned that like four times in the movie, and I don't know why. It was like what was in nineteen ninety four and Captain Kangaroo? Like they they mentioned like obviously Pulp Fiction. He's like singing the song, but they they mentioned Captain Kangaroo like at least like two or three times in this movie. The other thing I thought was going to be your last question, worth the multiple points, was uh was list as many of the different ways you can cook shrimp. That would have been a good question. <laughs> By the way, d- does shrimp sandwich sound horrible? Yeah. I think shrimp sandwich sounds terrible. I don't even know what the hell. A shrimp sandwich? I, I don't know. That's the only one I'm just like, what? <laughs> Zach had to go, okay, wow, sorry. that was really quick at turning off the stove. I Yeah, well, the stove, it, let's just say it was very loud, and it was going to have ambient noise on the, uh, on the recording. It would, would have been annoying. <laughs> we could just leave this whole thing in. It's sort of I really don't I understand what's going on right now. <laughs> How about what? What was the name of Jenny uh, when she was singing? Oh, that's a good it question. was. Uh, it was. Um, oh, it was something. It was something. Dylan. What was the first name they gave her? It if was you don't like get Roberta. it for that, then you really don't know what it is. No, it's, it's Bobby. Bobby Dylan. Was, was it Bobby because, Dylan? Yeah. It was okay. B o b b i. Probably. Oh, what was the other, oh the other one was what what's Jenny's last name? I thought that would be a good one too. Because the only way they ever say it is uh is it's on the you see the it on letters. the letters that are returned to him. Correct. Yeah. Yep. I think okay. We, I think we've reached a, lo- a new low with trivia questions <laughs> that were thrown out. <laughs> Rejected trivia questions that you, that you weren't even responsible for coming up with. All right. Well, let's get let's uh let's actually get into talking about this movie since I won trivia. I'll start us out. So, 
in case you don't know, and uh, once again, if you've never seen Forrest Gump, uh, where have you been the last 25 years? One and two, pause our podcast right now, go watch it, and then come back. Uh, Forrest Gump is the story of of Forrest Gump, and um, played by Tom Hanks, who won an Oscar for this role. Um, and how he kind of navigates through some really interesting times in our nation's history, uh, kind of interjects himself into many different uh, really important moments in history uh, as he uh, as he goes from being an all-American football player to a war hero to uh, an all-world ping-pong player. And but all he really cares about are two things, Mama and Jenny. And, um, and, uh, that's really what it, it's all, it all revolves around is a simple minded man who, um, who just knows, knows those two things. He loves his mama. He loves Jenny and Jenny told him to run. And, uh, and that's, that's really all, all Forrest is, is about. Um, I think of the three of us, I love, I love this movie much more than the other two. Uh, this, ever since I've seen it, it, it's been one of my favorite movies, uh, Probably because of the three of us, I'm the most uh, most sentimental, uh, and this is a very sentimental movie. Um, it's a very uh, feel good movie as you go through it, um, and uh, and I, I think Tom Hanks's performance in this is is just amazing, and and he he is just it. A lot of people will say it's just the accent that he throws on, and but he he does some amazing amazing work in this. When you think of the run that he was on at this time of going from from playing Jimmy Dugan in a league of their own in 1992 to um, uh, oh, Andrew Beckett in uh, Philadelphia in 93 to Forrest Gump in 94 to Jim Lovell in 95 and how different all four of those characters are. And this one is, is the one that maybe he disappears into the most. And you don't see Tom Hanks by the end of this movie. You see Forrest Gump. Um, yeah, I, I love this movie. I'll watch it whenever it's on, and it's on TV quite a bit. Um, <laughs> no kidding. But, <laughs> like, I don't even know if Todd's got his DVD in right now or if he's, it's actually <laughs> Just on, on TV. TNT. Is it on, yeah, it might TBS. be on TNT. Uh, but, uh, but no, I, I love, love, love this movie. And and it's one that really has gotten kind of a bad rap over the last few years as, as people have kind of looked back on 1994 with... Uh, um, with some disdain to it, not because I don't think necessarily because it's a bad movie, but because of what it beat for best picture, which is something I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. But I think it's kind of been unfairly maligned because of that. Uh, it, it's a it's a great movie that I mean it, it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit, and and I think those that don't necessarily like those those sentimental feel good movies are not going to necessarily think this is the masterpiece that it is. So. Zach, someone who hates uh, sentimentality and feel-good movies, what are your thoughts on Forrest Gump? I mean, I did just assign you to watch My Girl, although that, that's, I guess, not, I don't know, maybe that's not feel-good movie, but uh, no, th- this, this is <laughs> definitely... This is bad. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna, we'll, I, I, have, I have a My Girl take later in this episode, but, but I'll, I'll save it for that. Um, uh, this movie is the crash of the 1990s. I mean, this is like, you know, you could see why people in the 90s loved it. Uh, you could see the kind of swell of critical and popular support for it. It certainly had a life of its own. Although I will say, I think it was much more popular and successful and even critically lauded than Crash ever was. But this alas, Crash I, came out in February. I, well, this movie came out in like June. I mean, that's why we're doing this. It's the 25th anniversary. In July. Or, it, it, or July. The 25th anniversary was just a couple days ago. Yeah. 
which by the way is kind of fascinating i can't think i think gladiator came out in the summer of 2000 but other than that i can't think of any movies any summer movies that have won best picture Her since locker oh yeah Hurt locker yeah, i guess that's, that's true. right yeah just continue with your pointless whatever you talk about yeah. <laughs> uh yeah well anyway all i have to say is um uh, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's it's the it's the crash of the nineteen nineties for for better or for worse. Oh, I I, I actually I, I need to revisit Crash, but I I uh, I am a, a fan of Crash. Ugh. I don't think it should have won Best Picture, but I am a fan of that movie. Todd, what about you? Okay, so Forrest Gump came into my life because my grandfather had two VHSs <laughs> in his house. He had Patch Adams. Which I've still never seen, and he had Forrest Gump. We watch Forrest Gump all the time. I want—I mean, I've seen—I I watched it probably ten times on that stupid VHS that he had in his house, and I've seen it probably another twenty pl- times collectively through all the cable times that has ever been aired. I, I'm like a lot of people, like yeah, I—I I w- I grew up with the movie, and but I've sort of like grown out of the movie because I know now it's like just so absurdly corny and, and, and kind of dull and stupid, but it is definitely a, a product of 1994. And I, I, I can see how it won Beck's picture, but at the same time, it's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, it was up against Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption. I mean, it's, I, I mean, it, it's one of those movies where it's like, yes, I understand why it's popular, but I don't get it anymore, and even though I grew up with it. So, yeah, that's basically, <laughs> that's basically my opinion on the movie. Okay, okay. I, I watch this still, and I, and I still love it. I, I have no problems with this movie. Um, or, well, I, 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 have, I, I still think of this as, as, a, as an amazing movie, let's put it that way. Um... Have you seen so Patch Adams, Terry? I have never I'm... seen Patch Adams. <laughs> I have never seen it either. Those are the two VHSs he had. Yeah, and a TV. couple... Well, no, there were, there were a couple, like, National Geographic videos he had there, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then after a while, uh, he got a DVD player. Do you remember this? Do you remember the two, movie, the two DVDs we got him when he got his DVD player? I honestly would not remember that. Showgirls? I think it was March of the Penguins and Radio. <laughs> that, that sounds that's, about perfect. Yeah, exactly. That, that is exactly what Papa would be watching. Oh, it oh. would be. It would be. I think they're probably still there too, on his stand there, on his little TV stand. Okay. So, uh, anyways, last deep dive we did, we talked about American Beauty, celebrating the 20th anniversary of that winning Best Picture. And one of the things that I really liked about that deep dive is looking at a Best Picture winner and something that had that kind of critical acclaim, we could really talk about that year in Oscars. And we did some retroactive um, looking at the Oscars and what would what would win if this were, if they were to like vote on this today. Like if they were to throw everything out and re-vote on the 1990, 1994 or five, no, 1994 Oscars today, what would win? And I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to talk about that and, uh, and see what you guys would say, because I think the general consensus out there is that Forrest Gump would not win if this, if this were to happen today. Or, or may, uh, let me change that. Forrest Gump should not win uh, if, if this vote were to happen today. Um, what do you guys think? 
Where what would what would be what would be our our best picture winner if this were voted on today? Well, if there was justice in the world, Speed would have been one of the ten nominees, and it would have won. Gross. But honestly, Speed, Speed getting nominated would have been like what? District Nine getting nominated, something like that, maybe. I don't know. Hey, District hey Nine's a good movie. I'm, I'm... <laughs> but it, it, it's yeah, I don't know. Anyways, it would have been continue. like the Fast and Furious getting nominated, essentially. Oh, pretty much. Ouch. Pretty much. I would agree with that. Tarantino, one of his. 20 best movies in the 90s and 2000s. But anyway. Yeah, and um, what, yeah, what, yeah, also The Lone Ranger, one of his best movies of whatever the hell the year it came out of. So. He, he has oversights. So, Terry, are you talking about if modern voters were to vote on the awards as they, nominees as they were in 94, or are we talking like if we expanded it out, or like, what do you mean? Well, I think this was something that was kind of funny listening back to our last podcast. I think we, we took this conversation different ways. Todd was talking about, when we were talking American Beauty, Todd was talking about this as if modern voters were to vote on that year. I, I always think of it as if the 1994 slate of movies were the 2019 slate of movies. Let's think of it that way. Um, what would be the, what would be best picture? Well, so it, I mean, okay, well, there's no doubt Pulp Fiction would be the best picture winner. Like, I mean, there, I don't see any way around that, right? Uh, but, but I don't know. The, I I kind of look at I I think Forrest Gump is kind of like a green book. Yeah, and the, and Pulp Fiction is like the Social Network. I I think it would go over voters' heads. Even a little like too now, you're, you're looking at 25 years removed. Like everyone knows, Pulp Fiction was the best movie that year. Don't overestimate the intellectual ability of Oscar voters. They did just give the Oscar to Green Book. Well, and Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction winning there could have been like Shape of Water winning. There wasn't a whole lot of actual winning. competition. Seriously, <laughs> 2018 was awful. Pulp Fiction winning could have been like Shape of Water or Moonlight winning. No, I, I, I well, in 1994. Everyone, you know, was was shocked by how violent and how vulgar Pulp Fiction was. So you would think but that Pulp modern Fiction voters is looked at as one of the greatest movies of all time. Now, I mean, there's no way that's not getting voted as the best movie right now. If if that came out, if all these movies came out right now, like like it would be between like Pulp Fiction and The Lion King would be the two the two no, movies I, everyone would vote for. I think Shawshank takes it. Shawshank, man, it's all about sentimental. You know, it's about that. Uh, you know, it's it's like Shawshank. It's kind of remarkable that it got even that many Oscar nominations in '94 because it didn't make a lot of money at the box office. But I, you know, it's like, isn't it like the number one movie on IMDb? I mean, people love Shawshank Redemption. They're yeah. crazy about it. It's the only movie that's on TBS more than Forrest Gump. Yeah, Shawshank's okay, in okay, the top so th- three there's on IMDb. A, there's a thing. Okay, so the, the movies that are on every channel, there, there are a few movies. There's <laughs> yeah, The Silence of the Lambs, yep. Misery, Forrest Gump, yeah, absolutely the Shawshank Redemption. Like, th- those are what, like, they could be on Wii, they could be on TNT, they could be on AMC, they could be on ABC. I, I like, it's <laughs> absurd how much these movies are played, and, and I, 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 because I, I, I've seen them all, like, probably, you know, a hundred times just because of that. The current top five on IMDb's top 250. Number five, 12 Angry Men. Number four, The Dark Knight. Number three, Godfather Part Two. Number two, The Godfather. Number one, Shawshank Redemption. And Forrest Gump comes in at number 12. Pulp Fiction is at eight, by the way. Yeah, Pulp Fiction This is an insane year. Three films in the top 12 nominated for Best Picture. It would be between... Of all time. I'm it, Pulp Fiction and The Lion King would, would be the... Uh, would be what it would be. Oh, yeah, where's Lion King at in this? 
good question. I th- I think there would also be a sizable contingent that would that would think about quiz show, you know, because I think in the in the twenty in the twenty eight nineteen mold, you like movies that have a critical kind of view at American life in the past, and quiz show was I think one of the first movies to really do that, which is look critically at what we just assume was a happy innocuous time in American history. In fact, quiz show is sort of the the one eighty of. Forrest Gump in the sense that Forrest Gump is so, you know, innocuous and sentimental and for and Quiz Show has a bit more of a hard edge. So I, I bet there would be actually a contingent of Oscar voters out there that, that would like Quiz Show. I don't know if it would be the winner, but I would I would venture to say that it might actually be a more popular choice than Forrest Gump today. So do you think like uh, a movie like The Professional would be like, uh, that'd be like the girl with the dragon tattoo type of thing. It would get a ton yeah. of nominations nowadays, but I mean, but it wouldn't necessarily get in the best picture race. It, well, I think it, I, it'd be nominated for best editing, best you know, yeah, best sound, and all those. Like it would be nominated for like probably seven Oscars, but not best picture. There's there's a lot of unknowns about 1994 because it was such a good year. I think the biggest unknown is Hoop Dreams. I mean, that you'd have to think that gets a best picture nomination yeah. from today, and that maybe wins it. Has there ever been a documentary that got that has gotten best picture no. nominate nomination? No, not even close. No, I mean, there's only yeah. been, there's only been well, the, one. The only one close is probably Bowling for Columbine, right? Maybe there's only been this is a good trivia question. I think Hoop Dreams is the only film to ever get only documentary to get a nomination out a documentary film to get a nomination outside best documentary because it was nominated for editing in 1994, I believe. You can look that yet up not that. for documentary. Yet not for documentary because there was there was a big scandal about it. Actually, it's kind of interesting. No. The okay, so uh, well, I mean, I guess technicality, but Walt with Bashir was nominated for best uh, animated feature. I guess okay, no, 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 best foreign language feature. Good point. Well, was that, it? That is a documentary and an animated feature and a foreign film. I can't believe it wasn't nominated for all three. Yeah, the the documentaries that year. I know we're going a little off off topic. I'm, for a I'm second, looking at them right now. You got Maya Lin the, was the winner. Yeah. Great Day in Harlem. The uh, D Day Remembered. Complaints of a Dutiful Daughter and Freedom on My Mind. The at reason, what point were any of these better than Hoop Dreams? None of them. It, it's because the documentary branch. Believe me, I've done extensive research on this, like Annie has on uh, relationships in in, uh, in speed. Um, the, the the documentary branch of the Oscars in 1994 was run by people who knew people, and they gave it to their friends. And it was like the most notoriously corrupt, like uh, you know, nepotism throughout. So like the film, I believe the Maya Lin film that won was like one of the heads of the documentary branch of the Oscars. So she like voted for herself, or she had people vote for her. It was totally. Corrupt. It was like it was like that one nominee for best song that got uh, it, like it got extracted after like that was a few years ago, right? Uh, I can't yeah, even, that what, Christian what? film. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Nobody's ever gonna w- ever watch that movie. <laughs> I, we I should watch it. What it was called? Pull, yeah, we should watch. Is come that, to, is come that what going to make me watch? <laughs> We're, let's come What's to table that shit. Let's watch it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> Terry Terry doesn't care. He's moving. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I I'm in. If you want to do that, we will come to the stable that shit to the max. <laughs> Wait, there's no say- way that we could find that film. That's it's, it's, okay. we couldn't find that anywhere. It's not like streaming. I'm Sorry, Terry. I remember what it was called. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. What Go back to your original called. point, Terry. I'm was sure it, it was much, much more interesting than this conversation. No. Was it? No, that was a different film. Anyways, that sounds um, like a Narnia movie or something. No, yeah, there was a movie about that, or Nick titled that, though. Anyways, um, I, I think at, at some point, I don't, I don't know if this is where, where we'll go next, but I would, I, I think at some point it would be fun to look at a, a year like this where um, 
you have so many great contenders and actually deep dive each like each best picture nominee and uh and really analyze how this how this year played out um but before we move on uh to to our other stuff best actor i mean just like american beauty best actor went to the lead actor tom hanks in this case um does he still win what do you think if they're voting on it now i mean the way they vote on it it is absolutely going to johnny depp for edward <laughs> oh that's a good call i don't I know i can see that i mean the other nominees are morgan freeman paul newman who by that point had already won his honorary oscar nigel hawthorne and john travolta yeah, yeah i think it's, it's not a good group i'm saying it no, would have gone to johnny depp i think hanks still pulls it out in in 2019 the last one to win back to back Spencer it doesn't Tracy. happen very often um i mean just giving someone multiple oscars now doesn't happen very often unless you're daniel day lewis or sean penn um spencer tracy and it was a big deal when it happened everyone was oh, yeah. like you know oh look at tom hanks he's the new spencer tracy yeah that was and has been he's been nominated what once since yeah that was castaway yeah yeah. Or was he nominated for Saving Private Ryan? Oh, you're right. He was nominated Saving Private Ryan and Castaway. I think he probably wins. I think he should win, looking at the group. But um the Johnny Depp for Ed Wood, that's a good call. That might that might be one that sneaks up in there. Um What about best supporting actor? I mean you have Mar- one of the great uh Ter- terrible choices in Oscar history: Martin Landau over Samuel L. Jackson, and yeah, it's, this it's is coming Samuel from a, Jackson for sure. For, it, it, this is coming from a fan of Ed Wood. I think Martin Landau is really good in that movie as Bela Lugosi. But are you kidding me? Over Samuel L. Jackson, the most iconic performance in any Tarantino film, maybe in any film of the '90s. Does Gary Sinise have any shot? I, no way. If they're voting on it now, it's absolutely Sam Jackson. I, I, I can't I, see I think another so. another option. Then would I mean a lot of times it feels like sometimes the voters go for the narrative too. So in that case, would you go, would you go like Morgan Freeman and Samuel Jackson for actor supporting actor? Why? Because they're both black. Well, I, yeah, and and it'd be it'd be it'd be a good it. You you know that there's that they have those years where like there's that narrative of oh look at look at the diversity of our choices in in our acting acting lineups. I I think. I, I don't know. I, I think they would the the voters would like the optics of it. And Morgan Morgan Freeman does give a, a great performance in Saving Private Ryan or not Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. It's arguable that Morgan Freeman's even the lead in the Shawshank Redemption, though. I, I That's think a good point too. I, I, I think it still clearly goes to, to to Hanks because he's in every scene of Forrest Gump, and you can't say that about the other actor. Like Travolta is arguably a supporting actor in Pulp Fiction too. So, like True. I was saying, it's it's sort of a it was sort of a weak year for for lead actor. Maybe someone like Johnny Depp gets in there. Maybe Keanu Reeves for Speed. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I'm not really just saying. What You're about not really just saying? What about uh, Tim Robbins uh, deserves to be in there too for Shawshank Redemption. That's very true as well. What about supporting actress though? See, that's kind of an interesting one. So like, n- neither Sally Field nor uh, Robin Wright Penn were nominated for Forrest Gump. Do they get? Yeah, nominated I don't think today? World Series of Poker bracelet winner Jennifer Tilly <laughs> is nominated in 2019. <sighs> I think Robin Wright Penn. One great nominations. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she. I don't think she gets in. I mean. I think she's better than Diane Weiss, but I don't actually think that she 
I don't, I don't think I don't think that actually translates to a nomination now. I mean, Helen Mirren's pretty bad. I mean, that's a bad nomination, right? I don't remember her in The Madness of King George, but that's because I've never seen yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, I was well, going to say the same thing. Um, I, I think Uma's a solid contender for it. Um, I think she's a clear and, winner. And, and if, if that's the case, if we're talking, if we're talking like Samuel Jackson wins supporting actor and Uma Thurman wins supporting actress, I mean, you're, you're talking about yeah, Pulp then Fiction, Pulp Fiction probably and, maybe sweeps. Maybe because it wins sweeps unless, like unless you're sure. looking at like the fighter. And and Tarantino has to win director, right? I mean, the only look the reason why Zemeckis won best director was because of all the technical innovation of Forrest Gump. Yet one of the things that I wanted to mention that maybe you guys agree with me on is like that the technical visual effects in this movie aren't that great twenty five years later. Like it looks pretty. They, they didn't. They didn't age well. They didn't age I well. Agree so with that. I think voters at would the look time past they that. were, at the time they were otherworldly. But uh, of course, so maybe yeah. it's just a huge sweep for Pulp Fiction then. I, 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 mean, I think so, that's perhaps. pretty clear. Like, I think Pulp Fiction would win basically every award it was nominated for, except for Best Actor. If if one if, if one of the supporting actresses gets in the lineup, which one gets in? Robin Wright or uh, or uh, Sally Field? It's Robin Wright. Yeah, but it's the Oscars. You know, they love the dying. Just because she's parents. never been nominated, you think they really still wouldn't nominate her? I think they look at scenes like uh, Sally Field on her deathbed, and they think. I mean, Sally Field got nominated for Lincoln. I mean, that was a ridiculous role that she was... But that was her first nomination in, like, 30 years. This would have been her first nomination, what, 10? Yeah, yeah, she's pretty much like the Vivian Lee of, of like, uh, the modern times. Like, she, she she had, like, a couple of great roles, and then, like, she did, basically did bullshit for, like, a lot, of, a lot of times. And it's like, okay, we can maybe do it here. No, yeah, we can maybe do it well, the voters in 1994 agreed with you because she wasn't nominated. Yeah, which is she sort of surprising. To be nominated. I mean, Helen Mirren and Rosemary Harris got in for movies that no one has ever seen. Does is Tom and Viv even a real movie? What is it? I've seen, I've seen it. Yeah, it's got, it's I'm got sure a, yeah, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> it's a, it's a decent movie. Should we come to the stable that shit? Is that worth coming well, to the stabling well, over? Todd's already Tom seen it, but it, it, yeah, there's no way that either of those. Like the, those performances are not nominated, in, like in current days. I I don't think there's any way Robin Wright does not get nominated if they are voting on it now. There there's a chance both of them get in there. It's very possible. Let let's get to some. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get, to, get let's get categories. to our 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 more fun categories. I I really like kind of deep dive in the Oscars here, but let's get into really talking about Forrest Gump now. Okay. War. That's always what we start with, right? I think so. Great, the highest war. All right, highest war. Like uh, like we said before, this is our, our most irreplaceable uh, actor of the uh, of the cast. So uh, Todd, where are you going on this? Uh, I mean, I honestly am going with Robin Wright. I'd make a good husband, Jenny. You would, Forrest. But you won't marry me. You don't want to marry me. Why don't you love me, Jenny? I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. I I don't I don't know anybody else that could have played Jenny the way that she did. Like I I said this on another on another one of these things, but like I feel like Jennifer Jason Lee is the only one at the time that maybe could have played that character. But I mean, there, there's a little bit of like Penny Lane in in Jenny and. 
I, I, like, Robin Wright is so special in this role. I, I, it's, it's absurd that she didn't get nominated for an Oscar. And I, I, I really think it is the most irreplaceable role in this movie. All right. All right. Who did you say that about? I'm trying to remember. I think it was actually Speed. I think it was Sandra Bullock. And, I, think and, you're, and, I, I think you're right. I think Zach kind of half laughed at me because he didn't actually think about it because he thought that she was the best performance ever. Yeah. Probably. Sounds familiar. All right. Zach, who is your highest war? All right. Well, as much as I'm prepared to shit on this movie, uh, which I, I am prepared to do, um, I think Tom Hanks gives a top 10 all time war performance in this movie. Oh. Yes, sir. Bit me directly in the buttocks. They said it was a million dollar wound, but the army must keep that money because I still ain't seen a nickel of that million dollars. The only good thing about being wounded in the buttocks is the ice cream. It is by far the best thing about this movie. There's no one else who could have played this role. Um, I think the only other actors they were considering were like Bill Murray and Harry Anderson and maybe a few others. But um, oh, John Travolta. Travolta. Travolta was up for it. He later said that he regretted not doing it. But I'm no glad he. he I'm glad he. Yeah, yeah. yeah because was, he would have ruined disaster. Forrest Gump. And no, yeah. because Pope, he. Pulp Fiction wouldn't have been the same, also. Well, and he basically played this role in Primary Colors, right? The, you know, Southern accent, which he, he botched pretty badly. Anyway, um, yeah, I think this is a, a top ten war performance of all time, even though I don't love this movie as anymore, and it's dated in many ways. But Tom Hanks is magnificent in this movie. No one could have played this role. Uh, yeah, it's e- the easiest war maybe ever. Okay, so if you're saying this is top ten war all time, I want to know what the other nine are in your list. Because I really <laughs> do not think that this actually is in your top ten. Well, I mean... You can't just throw out top ten as being, like, a fact without actually, you know, considering. I mean, he's iconic. You know, th- this was the role that launched his stardom. It's the role that launched Tom Hanks. At I mean, he had, you know, he had just won the Oscar for, for Philadelphia, so he was c- taken seriously by this point. But, like, you know, only a couple years later, or earlier, he had still been that kind of light comic actor from A League of Their Own and Big. I mean, he wasn't really known for meaty, serious roles, you know? And I think it's, it is it is a tricky role because you have to, you know, uh, uh, really try to connect with Forrest. And um, I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, but, I don't but think in, anybody else could have done that. No, I don't think so. I mean, not as effectively as he did. I think that's the definition of war. I mean, someone else could have maybe played the role, but uh, no. Terry, back me up here. Come on. I know you agree with I, me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Tom Hanks is, is the obvious choice. He He's, yeah, completely, he's the one that made this movie what it is. Um, he, he is the heart and soul of the movie, and and everyone else who gives a good performance in this movie gives it because of what Tom Hanks He's in, to the table. he's in every scene in this movie. Name a scene where he isn't in in it, except for when it's like Little Forest, but that doesn't count. Or or the or the random music montages as we see um, Jenny ruining her life. True. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I agree. Well, one of my favorite stories about this about this movie. Uh, have any of you seen the uh, the um, screen test of Tom Hanks with Haley Joel Osment who plays Little Forest? You yes. know I haven't. Yeah. So so anyway so so Haley Joel Osment he 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 plays the little he plays little Forrest and it's like his first movie, um, and he was really really nervous when he was doing his screen test and and so Tom Hanks one of the things he did in that moment um, to to loosen him up is he 
purposefully forgot his line so that Haley Joel Osment had to feed it to him just to loosen him up and, and get him and get him more comfortable in, in the spot. Um, and just, just one of the, one of the simple things that, that he did to help, help make this movie. But I think it, it, it shows a lot about who he is and what kind of actor he is. But no, I agree. He, he is, he is this movie. Todd, and, name, and, name one other actor who could play Forrest Gump, Todd. Are you saying from 1994? Yeah. Or, or any time. Uh, mentioned before I say, I, I mean, I think Michael Keaton definitely could have played this role. It would have been a little different, but I mean, yeah, I, mean, I feel like he definitely could have done it. Uh, I have Sam, one that you might come Sam up Rockwell, with. Sam Rockwell, I feel like could definitely play. Uh, he was too young. You say Sam Rockwell he was forever. Too young. No, now, I'm saying now. Like, or like, oh, now. Maybe like, you said any time, so yeah. I mean, maybe like seven or eight years ago, Sam Rockwell for sure. The one I was expecting you to say is Woody Harrelson. Who's one I could actually kind of see? Well, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, this, he kind of plays it in Sling Blade, yeah. He, he could play the exact same role. I it's was thinking, not like, that irreplaceable Woody Harrelson role. from Cheers. Like, if you, if he takes, like, his Cheers persona and you put him in, in Forrest Gump, it makes a little. The only other actor that gave me pause for just a second was Billy Bob Thornton in 1994 because he played Southern characters. But it just, you know, it wouldn't be the same. He would lose so much of the charm, and I think yeah. I think Keaton overacts in a lot of his movies from the '90s, and I, I you don't you don't feel that with Tom Hanks. He doesn't overact in this movie because because I mean everyone looks at this performance and thinks about the uh, thinks about the accent and how he does that. But but you're right, he his performance is so subtle in so many ways that yeah, I, I'm I'm not saying Robin Wright is a bad choice. I'm just saying Tom Hanks is is about as good as you get i i would say so just to be contrarian to, to throw something else out there since since zach already said tom hanks i'm gonna say um the uh, highest war here is um is uh jfk because uh you know who else could play jfk like jfk nicely done it's a good one yeah yeah okay we're going it's like to picking performance next picking merlot all right, worst performance. Worst performance next. The obvious choice is Michael Connors Humphreys as Young Forrest. What's wrong with your legs? I'm nothing at all, thank you. My legs are just fine and dandy. I just sat next to her on that bus and had a conversation all the way to school. My back's crooked like a question mark. Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. He, he has this, like, horrible look of, like, bewilderment throughout the entire time that he's on screen. And it's not even by design. It's, it's just really bad. He, like, he, th- th- those guys are, like, throwing rocks at his face. And he doesn't flinch. It hits him, like, right in the center of his face. And he doesn't even flinch. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I, <laughs> it, it really bothers me watching this guy try to act. I mean, and by the way, those guys had really accurate throws. Though. They were really good at throwing <laughs> rocks. But... Michael Connors Humphreys is a horrible actor, and that is uh, that is definitely the worst performance in this movie. And if you if you guys actually argue, then you're just lying to yourselves because he's uh, he's really bad. All right, all right. Okay. Zach, do you have something? I 125 percent agree with Todd. He was my Thank pick you. too, and I also I had him tied with Young Jenny, um, but. <laughs> 
because that they're so robotic in their delivery. Um, it's like it's pretty clear they're reading off cue cards most of the time. Um, I will say young Jenny went on to play Cecilia, the youngest sister in The Virgin Suicide, so she actually grew up into being a good actress. I don't know what the what young Forrest ever did, but I'm just going to say, you know what? You had young William Miller out there. He could have played young Forrest. He would have absolutely killed it. Maybe he would have been a little on the young side, but as we know, like his, his, his birthday is... <laughs> As we talked about in the almost po- almost famous podcast, his birth date is in refute, so we don't know quite how old he is. But I'll also say Haley Joel Osment as Forrest Jr. is actually good in this movie. I don't have any problems with him. I, I think his scenes are really good. So, like, you have a good child actor. Why are these other two child actors so terrible? Make me a bird. Send color far, far, far away from here. Yeah, bad. All right, so I've I've got... I've got... Two, I'm gonna go a different direction. Just you, what your your choice you is, is, is valid. No, no. You um, go meta again. I, I'm I'm gonna say one one of them that watching this time, one of the performances that for most of his scenes that kind of bothered me was Michael T. Williamson as Bubba. There's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup. Shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That's that's about it. Um, it it wasn't it wasn't great, and it was kind of this outside of like his final scene. His final scene is is amazing, but he's just kind of there. And doesn't really do much. So that was one that I was thinking. Um, the other one was um, that uh, that stood out to me was the performance by Michael Jace as one of the Black Panthers. Uh, he's the guy who, uh, when Forrest goes and visits the meeting, that basically just stands there and like recites the uh, like the mission statement of the Black Panthers in the most stereotypical '60s African American activist like portrayal as possible and I, i've said it before i hate when someone's trying to you know lean into a stereotype like that and that that showed it for me so i can understand why you're saying both those characters but i would say that that's both of them it's more a product of bad screenwriting than the actual acting i mean especially with the with the black panther leader i mean that's what what choice does he have he's reading off a script and written by someone who doesn't really seem to understand the black panthers i mean i I think that scene is problematic in so many respects but so are we we rolling into lvp here with eric roth because i mean that (laughs) that's that's pretty clear answer right (laughs) oh ouch Ouch. I guess so. Keep going. I'm just saying, I, I know what you're saying, Terry, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's M- Michael T. Williamson's pro- issue. I think he's a really good actor. I think this movie doesn't give him a whole lot. So don't, play, don't hate on Michael T. Oh, no, I, I, and, and I'm not. And he's I, great in and, Con Air. Don't forget. I, I like, and um, the other one I really like him in, which on, he kind of plays a similar, yeah, he kind of plays a similar role in Fences. Um, a little bit. But, uh, and he's great Why in Why do you guys too. not like that movie as much as I do? That, that kind of upsets me. I liked Fences. Yeah, I gave it three and a half stars. I was I rooting I for. Did I, too. I was rooting for Denzel over Casey Affleck. I mean, that I know you weren't. You, you loved Manchester more than Fences, didn't you? No, I had Fences. That's my number two of the year. Oh well, good to know we're on the same page. 
Okay, so Todd, Todd, tell us why uh, Eric Roth is your LVP. Well, I mean, well, A, a like, he actually told this story twice, basically, when he remade it backwards with uh, Benjamin Button. But, like, the, 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 this, this screenplay is pretty much, it's just, like, filled with so much, like, corniness and, like, obviousness and, like, schizophrenic, like, tones. It, it's just such a, it's, it's such a, a lousy written screenplay. I, any, yeah, like, like, like you were saying, like, there are such stereotypical characters. That's not the, the actor's fault. That is totally the, the, the fault of Eric Roth. And, and that is, that is one of the LVPs of, of, of the movie for sure. And I, 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 I never had this experience until I just watched it this time when I was actually looking for things. Yeah, it, it really, it really bothered me. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, refute that a little bit here. So one of the things uh, I'm actually doing right now too is I'm, I just recently started reading the book Forrest Gump written by Winston Groom that this was based off of. Shocker. And, um, and it had nothing, it had nothing to do with this. I just. I have it, and I just started reading it for the first time. And one of the things that stood out to me was just how different the book is from from the uh, the actual screenplay. Um, the The book makes um, it, it's part of what I love about Forrest Gump is how uh, is is how it's it's kind of it's this feel good sentimental uh, film and story. And you don't get any of that reading the the source material. Reading the book, it it's a lot more crass. It's a lot more, um, it, it's it's a lot more. It's a lot rougher around the edges. Forrest Gump is supposed to be like this, like six five, two hundred and fifty pound guy. Like it, it almost feels like he he's supposed to be like, like Mary's brother in There's Something About Mary. Like that's the that's the type of of actor that like should be Forrest Gump, and uh, and he is and and he he's, you know, going to he he goes on like a date with Jenny at one point and uh, and like rips her dress, and they they think that that they were you know about to do something in the movie theater and he gets arrested and thrown in prison and that's the only way he gets. And the fact that he was going to Alabama for to play football was the only way he got out of that. Uh, I don't know. It, and it, it's it's just more. It's like I said, rough around the edge, rougher around the edges, more profane. No, nowhere near the sentimentality yet. But um, so it's just a very different story. Eric Roth's like because not play. only not only is his is his screenplay um, about the dialogue, but it's also about the way he adapted the original story. And I would say the way the story is told in the movie is so much better than how the story, so far from what I've read in the book, is told. And so uh, I, I, I'm a fan of. You're you're right. Some of the lines are are fairly corny. I have much less of a problem about with it than you do. Um, but his adaptation of the story, I think, is is uh, superb. Can I just say that I like this movie better when Peter Sellers starred in it? It was called Being There, and it was made 15 years earlier. Like, oh, there it is. I mean, we we have to mention it because Being There is almost the exact same movie that this is, except without the sentimentality, and it had it had the foresight of it. And it's a much harder edge movie, even th- even though it's also a PG movie from 1979. And it, 
I mean, Peter Sellers, by the way, in being there is also a top 10 war performance of all time. So Tom Hanks and Peter Sellers in my top 10 war performances of all time. Yeah, uh, He's going to round out that whole top 10 people buddy. in your top 10 war performances of all time. Good thing. He's going to round out ties. that top 10 by the, end of the, by the end of the podcast. Can we just talk about how this movie both replicates previous movies and then movies that came after it replicate it? Like, you could say that this movie is a total ripoff of Being There, which it is. You could also say this movie is a ripoff of, like, Zelig, the the uh, uh, Woody Allen movie about a guy who also encounters famous events over history. And you could say it's also a ripoff of The World According to Garp. And then after this movie, Todd's absolutely right to say, you know, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I mean, that's a total ripoff of Forrest Gump. You could also say Big Fish is a ripoff of Forrest Gump. I mean, they're, the, they're almost identical movies. But they all go back yeah. to Being There as the best one. I know, yeah. Like I said, Eric Roth is, is the worst. But in, in a lighter note, in LVP category, there are two others that I, I actually nominate. One is Tex, because uh, he's asked, he's like, Tex, what's going on? And he doesn't know. And then he's also the first guy to distract Forrest from actually finding Bubba. He is definitely one of the least valuable people in this movie. And then there is also the guy that's waiting for the bus... That, that that questions whether Forrest actually is part of the uh, Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. He just like gets we up and walks next away. Next to a millionaire. He gets up and walks away. Like w- like you were waiting for a bus, bro. Where the like what the <laughs> hell happened to your bus? He just like walks off into that field. Just doesn't believe. He's disgusted by his story. Don't you think he ki- don't you think he kind of looks like Vito from season five of The Sopranos, Todd? The fat gay guy. Uh, he, yeah, he kind of does. Just lighter hair. But yeah. <laughs> all right you have any more lvps guys i i, I do except it, can we separate lvp from douchebag because i had different ones um well hold on so so todd todd really quick by the way uh that that guy uh that you just said is an lvp is uh his uh his credit in the credits is is right after tex and his, he's credited as fat man at bench so that is really bad what? He's not even that fat. He's dumb. He's waiting for a bus and he just like walks away. And imagine how much better that role would have been if it had been if he had been played by Chris Farley. It would have actually fit his description. Exactly. Um, my LVP. I had a couple LVPs. Um, at first, I thought Jenny is a solid LVP candidate because I mean, let let's look at the evidence. She constantly abandons Forrest. Um, she, you know, she goes to, to live with him and then they have, you know, this pa- passionate lo- night of lovemaking, which I guess doesn't last very long for Forrest, knowing his history. And, uh, she leaves him the next day. Like, come on. I mean, how rude could, could she possibly be? She doesn't seem to have any concern for Forrest. And, um, she tells him that, uh, she doesn't want to marry him because he doesn't understand what love is. I mean, it's a callous and horrible thing to say. But the more I was thinking about it, going back to Todd's theory about how inept, uh, Eric Roth is. Really, I think what Eric Roth wants to say is that it's not Jenny's fault. With the armchair psychology 101 of this movie, it's Jenny's father's fault because he was abusive toward her. Do we get it? And that's why she has these abandonment issues. It's, the movie's really profound in that sense. Do you get do you get the connective tissue there? Because she was an abused yeah. victim. So I'm going to go LVP Jenny's father because of the way he mistreated Jenny. And, and which he didn't actually know the way through his own like cornfield. Like, yeah like nicely done dude so uh so in in the book um where i'm at forrest is already in college 
And by the way, he meets Bubba at, in college, which honestly makes a whole lot more sense since they're both from Alabama. Um, and uh, and Jenny's father has not even been mentioned yet. Okay, so another LVP I will say is the one girl that says seats taken when she's already sitting next to somebody, like <laughs> early in the movie, like when Young Force is like, I was, I was like, what the hell? She's already like, there's no room for him to sit anyway. Like, why she got to say seats taken? She just wanted to stand out. That bitch. I think Tom Hanks' daughter is in that scene. <laughs> that Elizabeth. would not surprise me. Elizabeth Hanks. And then Tom Hanks' brother was a stand-in during his running scenes, I read somewhere. Okay, this is a complete tangent, but did you see... So Tom Hanks had a birthday about a week ago, and um, and for his birthday, Colin Hanks made a Twitter post saying, Happy Birthday, Dad, with a picture of Michael Keaton. Yes, I saw that. Oh, that was pretty funny. Nice. Um, my my LVP is going to be Wesley, who is the uh, the the white guy in the Black Panthers that is uh, that is Jenny's abusive boyfriend, because uh, really at that point Jenny should be going back to Greenbow, Alabama. So we're blending douchebag and and LVP. Yeah, he yeah, was my pretty much, bag. pretty much. He he is he is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, he's obviously, I mean, he hits Jenny, he has a bad temper, like, he does so many drugs, he, he is like a half-ass apology, he's totally the biggest douchebag in the movie, other than maybe the, the principal of the school that, that's like bang, banging uh, uh, Mama Gump, because, you know, you know, for admission. Your mama but, sure cares about your education, boy. What's that, 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 yeah, that's stupid. I mean, that guy's a terrible actor. He was bad in My Cousin Vinny, he's bad in this movie, <laughs> I don't understand why that guy actually had a couple of, like, decent, big movies. My, my my other LVP is the uh, is the the um, the woman that leads a group of veterans up onto the stage for the rally in DC, and just looks at at Forrest Gump and says, "Hey hey, you're in a you're in a uniform. You're supposed to be in my line," and pulls him in and and walks him up there when he isn't even supposed to be there. Yeah, I'm going with her too. Well, she accomplished her goal though. It's true. She That's did. true. She also did certain. like beat the hell out of that cop who was like trying to like rip the. What was it cop? It was like up. a, it was like some officer that was there. Cop officer, yeah, dude, this is totally not the same thing. Thank you, Terry. No, no, like military <laughs> army officer, you moron. <sighs> I, like right, when, I like when I like when Todd gets angry about movies. You know, he like it's like it's like edgy Todd. I like this. Like shots fired. All right, where are we going next? <laughs> <laughs> well, how about a category um, that we, we've, we've relegated to the end of our podcast way too often, which is Biggest Stick Man. There are not a lot of great candidates in this movie, but it might be humorous to talk about. Okay, go, go for is it. Is it just Stick Man or, or Stick Woman? Well, if it's that's, Stick Woman, yeah, it's pretty easy. Stick, stick Woman, yeah, that was like Zach's number one Stick, stick Person, right? Which that's was, the, uh, was, and was that's, Jenny. That's the philosophical quandary with this movie is that, you know, stick man, I, the original definition is a man. And I think we talked about this, but like Jenny Gump is the ultimate stick woman. I mean, she is the captain of the all time stick woman team. I have one. I have one beaten that actually had probably slept with more people than than Jenny Gump. From this movie? Yes. Elvis. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Well, or or you could go John F. Kennedy. I, he had a signed picture of Marilyn Monroe in the in the bathroom, though. I'll, you can't say that about Elvis. 
That's did true. did Elvis bang Mama Gump though? That's a that's yes, a real question. Absolutely, he was in her house. She she banged the principal. <laughs> of course, she was banging Elvis. I don't know. She was pretty repulsed when she saw him on TV, though. Yeah, she, she wasn't a fan of that. Yes, because he, she, I'm gonna he go... was making fun of her son. <laughs> my 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 biggest stick man. I'm gonna go with uh, and uh, and Zach. This was another one that I thought might have been a uh, a quiz question, and that is Long Legs Lenore, who they meet in the bar on uh, on New Year's Eve, and uh, goes back to uh, to the uh, apartment with uh, Forrest and Lieutenant Dan. She smelled like cigarettes. Yeah, I had her under possibly biggest douchebag because she, oh. I mean, she seems like a pretty terrible character too. And, uh, you know, she mocks Forrest's intellectual disability and leads to Lieutenant Dan standing up for, for her, but, or for him. Honestly, but, uh, I think Lieutenant Dan is kind of a stick man. I mean, he doesn't even have yeah, legs and he was still it. pulling some ass. I don't you can know. make a case I mean, for Lieutenant Dan. But see, Lieutenant Dan settles down at the end of the movie with Susan. Yes, whole, yeah, whole other section of this movie that is unexplained is his his relationship with Susan. I think that needs a deeper dive. But okay. is that explained in the book, Terry? I haven't gotten there yet. Are, are we? Are we get? That, that, I mean, that's kind of getting into flaws, which we we can get to. Oh uh, yeah, go we, for we, it. I, have a list. I think Todd. I think Todd's whole episode has been flaws so far. Pretty much, pretty much. When his LVP is the writer. <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, uh, yeah, let's move on to flaws. Todd. Okay. Ma- make it, make it, make it gentle. Okay, I, I have a few. I have a few. I mean, by a few, I mean, like, seven. Okay, um, uh, <laughs> Tom Hanks playing a high schooler. Not a good idea. I mean, that's like, that's like John C. Riley in Walk Hard, but, you know, actually, like, not... <laughs> Try, not trying to be not serious. trying to be funny. <laughs> and uh, another one. Who the hell was Alabama playing... Was it like Eastern Michigan? <laughs> like, th- there's no markings easy, on those, like any easy of out of conference schedule. Also, uh, he says, you know, like before he goes in the in the military, he's like, yeah, I had five years of college football. I'm like, five years? There's no way in hell that guy redshirted. There's no way they put that guy on the sideline. That is a recruiting violation. What the hell, Bear Bryant? Also, um. Before, like, like he would, like, before he would ever, like, while he was playing college football, he obviously would have been an Olympian runner. That, that is another thing. And also, another thing, uh, Forrest, everyone around Forrest dies. Th- there's no way that he ever would have not been questioned by all these famous people that were around him that died soon after they met Forrest Gump. That would have been really problematic. Another thing, a shrimp sandwich is not, that does not sound good. <laughs> I, I, okay, I have three more things. Uh, like he just like jumps out of his boat, like uh, th- like he would have been like kicked out of the boating community. Like 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 it ran into a pier, and also that that pier was not even where the boat was heading. It was in the opposite direction. It was really bad. And what the hell was that pier doing? It was it was just like this structure in the middle of the water. I mean, it wasn't even like attached to anything. Okay. More. That's my boat. If he cared that much about these shoes, he would have washed them. I mean, it, okay, so this is a, these are Nike shoes. If, if Zion can, like, bl- like blast through a shoe while he's, like, running down the court, Forrest ran, like, 10,000 miles in these shoes. 
There's no way that they weren't, like, beat up to hell. But he didn't even, like, I mean, in, like, all terrain, all weather, like, he didn't even wash them. They're just, like, dirty as hell, and he's wearing a suit with these shoes. That is not okay. And the last thing, the people who are following Forrest, there is no way that they actually would have followed him when he actually stops for, like, food and sleep, like he says he does. It's like, if he has, like, a 12-hour nap, wh where the hell are these people? Are they just gonna, like, chill in the parking lot? Are they gonna, like, try to get rooms in the same motel? Or are, are, are they just gonna, like, chill at the same diner? Like, are they gonna just, like, fill every table in this damn diner? Uh, it, it's so, like, I, I don't understand. There's no logic in any of this. All of these things are bad. <laughs> I... <laughs> I could have kept writing, but I, I, I really got sick of writing flaws because I ran out of room on my page. So, okay, Terry, just, just <laughs> oh, go for it. All of these things are bad. That's I such a great sum, summation of what you just did there. I think you put more thought into it than Eric Roth did. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, um, so, so a couple, as, as you were talking, I thought of a couple. One... Um, and, and this is just Forrest being Forrest, but why does he stop in the middle of Utah? Why wouldn't he actually decide he's going to stop running when he's, you know, like, in Alabama? Or at least kind of close to it? But he stops, like, in the... It has to be Utah with the scenery around him. I thought I thought that was kind of interesting. And he has to walk. They have to obviously part the Red Sea. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, great symbolism. Awesome aircraft. I'm, I'm kind of tired. I think I'll go home now. Uh, so then the other thing is, okay, him and Lieutenant Dan, like, co-owned Bubba Gump Shrimp, right? And, and, and they invested in Apple and all this stuff. Lieutenant Dan and Forrest, like, hadn't talked for, like, long enough for him not to know that he's engaged and has new legs at the end of the movie. I mean that I, I that was one I saw. I thought, wait a second, you get you guys co-own a company together. How do you not? You, you know, how how have you not corresponded in any way other than sending this this wedding invitation? I, I thought that was phones. kind of an interesting one. They didn't have cell phones, um, and that the, that's all I've got right now. But I'll think of some more. Zach, what do you got? Okay, I have a few as well. Um, how come no one cares about the moon landing? I mean, I feel like they've been watching Forrest play ping pong for months, if not years. You're telling me that there wasn't anything more interesting to do that night instead of watching the moon landing than to watch Forrest play ping pong? I mean, there are guys that are still asleep, like, watching him play ping pong. It couldn't have been that interesting. So, yeah. Sure. I mean, the Lovells were, were watching it at their house. They had a big party. Um, mm -hmm. By the way, on, on, a, on almost the same TV set that the Lovells have, which was interesting. Um... When Forrest was at the University of Alabama playing football, how did he not hang out with Joe Namath? I mean, they would have been there at the same time. Ooh. Joe Namath maybe could have been the biggest stick man in this movie had he ever appeared. Because um, uh, Forrest only plays special teams, and he ran. He's like a f***ing car. Like, he just, like, runs, like, in a straight line. He turns. Like, he cannot actually, like, run like a human. He just runs like a car. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say another flaw. This isn't my own thought. I'm stealing this from someone else. But someone said, is Forrest really that great of an athlete or does he just have great blockers? I mean, you could make a case that way. I mean, I'm, but, I mean, he's playing special teams. Like, those people that aren't actually blocking. 
that's what I'm saying. Like he actually would have been an Olympian runner if he actually could outrun a truck. He like the, he w- he would have been in the like the 200 meter dash at some point, right? So so uh, in in the book, uh, like I said, he's supposed to be like this tank, and um, and so he's he's seen in high school and asked to be on the football team in high school, and they're trying to make him into an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, and it takes way too much thinking, and they realize, well, let's just give him the ball and see what happens, and then he just runs over everybody and and scores all the time. So he's like the fridge. Pretty much, pretty much. And then he gets to Alabama, and uh, they find out that all he can do is be given the ball and run because he's never had to catch a pass before. So just hand him the ball on just, a kickoff. Yeah, just hand him the That's why they had that moment, because he doesn't know how to catch a football. Like, there's a scene in the book where Bear Bryant has to try and throw him a football to see if he'll catch it, and he has no idea how. And he just kind of is like... Okay. <laughs> LVP might also be that, that, that cheerleader that he just ran over. Like, can you not get out of the way? Like, he obviously was not going to stop. He, he's a car <laughs> coming right toward you. Okay, other LVP is his high school football coach because he, he uh, like, Bear Bryant looks at this, like, world-class speed and is like, I got to get him on my team. And asks, who's that guy? And the high school coach just watched this insane feet of speed and goes ah the village idiot and just shrugs him off it's like dude he goes to your school why isn't he on your team that's true and th- and that's why he he's that's an idiot a, also guy, in that was a guy in, from remember the titans right as i was gonna say that's why he's also an idiot and remember the titans and gets fired before anything ever happens. zach continue what were you saying <laughs> oh okay i had a couple i had a couple more flaws um one is i really hate the scene with forrest gump's speech on the on the mall in washington dc i find it hard to believe that i mean they have you know like abby hoffman there and this is a obviously it must have been a hugely coordinated event to have this many people there and that prominent speakers and then they would just give it to some guy that just literally came off the bus that they never like vetted at all like that seems highly unrealistic i also well, think that anybody who ran or just like jumps into the pool yeah I mean, like that person would have been like sniped and I also really hate that the movie pussyfoots out of actually hearing what Forrest has to say about Vietnam because it doesn't want to offend audiences. It wants to be like, oh, we're, we're going to take an apolitical position on Vietnam because some people still think it was, you know, a good war to, you know, good, good country to invade. It's well, like the one, the, yeah, the, the thanks, one thing Eric I'll Roth. say about that, though, is I think I think the reason why he was brought up on stage is because he was wearing his Medal of Honor. And, and so it's like, ooh, we got a Medal of Honor recipient in our in our line here that's coming up on stage that wants to be at this thing. But Let's I think put him they, at, up they, at the mic. But the guy had, at the mic did him, not even know that. Yeah, it's Abby Hoffman. They wouldn't have let him on. They they wouldn't have let Forrest on. They they would have had to, you know. It, that wasn't some... his call. It was the girl's call. The girl was the, the one never that pushed him like, up. The guy was like immediately like waving him on. I'm like. Like, how did he even know that this guy was coming? Because he didn't. Because he just randomly joined their line. Or maybe that was, like, the line of speakers. Maybe that, like, that was a line of people that they were bringing up on... Because there were all those people... What if this was just the line of vets that they were bringing up on stage that had been pre-screened to be a part of the, the speech? That guy also somehow didn't know that whatever he was saying was not being, like, spread throughout the entire area. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, I, like, he was the only one that heard it, obviously. But I mean, he—how uh, did he not know that? He was speaking into that damn microphone like five seconds earlier. 
All right, I, All right. I have a couple. Zach, qu- continue. <laughs> a couple more quick ones. How does Forrest not have AIDS? I mean, if if that's what Jenny dies of, how is he not HIV positive? True. Um, uh, Jenny, maybe this isn't so much a flaw, but a question. Like, how does Jenny not have her spread from Playboy in the like repository of newspaper clips that she has of Forrest's life? Like, I guess I just wonder about like she was in Playboy. Does like she ever go back to it? Like, does she still keep the clipping from it? I don't know. It 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 sh- should should be in the movie somewhere else. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why I said that. And then the last one um, is, uh, well, it's the biggest flaw in the whole movie, which is the terrible special effects. I mean, we've talked about this already to a certain extent, but the special effects are just, like, awful. I mean, it, it looks like doctored video, it, it, doctored videos from 2019 on Trump's account look more realistic than this movie. And that, that's not a compliment, you know? It's like, this movie, you know, the, the, the Mouse movie, they didn't even get, like, the voices of Lyndon Johnson and John F. Kennedy are totally off. The John Lennon voice is awful. The only one that looks realistic is Dick Cavett, and then I read later, that's because Dick Cavett actually shot original footage for this movie wearing a wig. So it's like the the special effects are terrible. I mean, and, and I think that's a big reason why this movie won so many Oscars and was because it supposedly had these groundbreaking special effects from 1994 and they've just, they don't look good at all. Another thing, yeah. I, I, another issue, I like, okay, so when, uh, when Bobby Dylan is like doing her thing at that place, like they're making it seem like this was like a, a thing that was like super... Uh, famous like everybody was coming to watch her and then like right after she like gets like she walks off like she she just leaves town it's like i mean how long was she doing that and she just like ditches her job again like, i don't i don't understand like i it, it is i i cannot like there there's so many things that i'm just like why i, I don't i don't get it nothing adds up tara doesn't understand <laughs> I don't know. I still love that movie. <laughs> All right, we should go to favorite minor character because this will actually be a, a little bit lighter mood than uh, you know. Yes. The movie. Yes. Yeah. My favorite minor character is, of course, the drill sergeant, because <laughs> of course he is like screaming out compliments. To, to Gump, but it sounds like insults. Like, he is incapable of breaking character, and it is a kind of awesome, and that was one of my favorite parts of the movie, watching it this last time. So, the Drill Sergeant is uh, my favorite, like, character that, he's only in, like, what, a, a scene and a half? But yeah, I mean, he's awesome. What do you got? What do you got, Zach? It's a good one. Uh, that That is a good one. Um, I really, well, I, I really like uh, Bubba's mom, um, I think she she adds a strong dimension to the movie. I don't think there are actually that many great minor characters in the movie because I think this movie wants its minor characters to be lovable. And you can't have great minor characters when the screenwriter, like Eric Roth, wants them to, to pop out and, and, and be admirable. But I would maybe go with Bubba's mom. I would also possibly go uh, with... Uh, I was going to say... Um, oh, who was it? Uh... Uh, I, I can't remember who it was. There was someone else that that I kind of liked. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, the guy that uh, he buys the shrimp boat from, um, who thinks that uh, he's insane for buying the shrimp boat. Oh, but that's and tells like, him, tells him to name the boat because it's bad luck or to not name a boat or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Oh, but actually, no, no. My favorite one is Susan because. Like, I think Susan is a low-key MVP of this movie. I mean, she cleans up Lieutenant Dan's life. How does she do that? That's what I want to know. I'm, maybe we're going into MVP. We shouldn't do that. But I like. I want to know more about Susan. I mean, this woman cleaned up this mess of a man. Uh, I I don't know. I think, I, I, I think he probably cleaned up before he. 
I think he cleaned up before he met Susan because, like, we don't see him again after he, like, jumps off the boat and kind of swims off into the sunset. That's when he found God or made peace with God. Yeah. And, and so and so it's like that point where he he's finally, you know, at peace with who he is. Maybe he turned his life around there. I don't know. Um, my my uh, favorite minor characters are uh, are the group of old men that uh, throughout the 30 years of the movie don't age and are constantly sitting in the barbershop watching Forrest on TV mm. and never move. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, they, those, guy, those guys are awesome. Well, that one and, guy and should one... have... Yeah, he should have been dead by, <laughs> by the time Forrest was older because like, he like whipped his head by. He's like, whoa, that kid is always in a hurry or whatever he says. Yeah. That guy was yeah. like 80. <laughs> and they're still sitting there 30 years later. <laughs> I love those guys. Every time it cuts to them and the one guy has a sta- has the same stupid look on his face with just his jaw drop just no- It's great. I love those guys. Any more? Um Did we talk about who uh, Nicolas Cage would play in this movie? Oh, we haven't done that yet. For me, I only had one answer, because, I mean, it's kind of hard. Nicolas Cage would not be a good in this movie at all, but I feel like he definitely would have played Wesley, the, uh, the, the Jenny's mm. boyfriend or whatever. That would have been a great, a great Nick Cage, like, like freak out, uh, scene, at least. But I don't think he actually would have played it, because it would have been, like, one scene. But that's the only one I had. I was going to make him Tex. I was going to say, uh, Lieutenant Dan or John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> both would yeah I'm, i mean lieutenant dan that would be that'd be interesting but i, I don't know I don't, he could have really done seen... come on i mean you could see nicholas cage in the middle of a sea storm on the top of the boat screaming i mean that's that seemed like a good nicholas cage scene if it was nicholas cage now he would play jenny's dad yeah maybe but that's also like the only role in in the movie for a man of that specific age are we ready for MVP? Let's go to MVP. MVP. Let's wrap this up. Okay, who's going first? Terry, you go first. It's <laughs> all you. Oh, M- MVP of the movie. Um, gosh. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Mama Gump. Mama Gump is my MVP. Um, because, I mean, Forrest is the backbone of this movie... But Forrest isn't isn't who he is without his backbone, and that's Mama. And and I, as I'm watching this movie, I I, I don't know about you guys, but there's always when we revisit these, there's always a, a performance that kind of jumps out to me and surprises me. And Sally Field was it for me in this one. I I thought she she was awesome. She did an amazing job. And uh, and yeah, Forrest isn't who he is when he meets Jenny. If it's not for Mama, and he nothing nothing happens the way it does if if she's not his his rock that he always goes home to, so uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mama Gump is my MVP. Right. Well, my MVP, I went with Bubba, because I think the. The, the shrimping idea made everything for Forrest that happens after possible. And he, like, for no absolute reason, he actually gives him, like, a 50-50 deal on his, on his business when Forrest doesn't know a damn thing 
but he he just like randomly is like yeah i'll give you 50 percent of my business oh okay but but he actually holds to that for some reason and i want to know why bubba isn't actually shrimping at that time he's like yeah everybody in my family is shrimping and all this stuff but he's actually in the army like he's a true hero he is the one person that that is like well all right i i, I can see it like that that guy that guy is definitely the MVP. I mean, I, I, I don't understand him, but he, he like, everything he's doing is valid. So, okay. Was everyone in his family shrimping, or was everyone in his family, like, preparing shrimp? Like, that's what, his mama was always in the kitchen cooking shrimp for other people. Did it, did it say that they were all shrimping? I don't remember. Yeah, he, he said his... Yeah, they said they were all in the shrimpy business. Oh, okay. Um... That's right. Okay. I mean, I guess I could be preparing shrimp or catching shrimp or whatever, but I just don't understand why he offers Forrest a 50-50 uh, shot at his business when, I mean, Forrest doesn't know a damn thing. He could do the whole thing by himself. Another random thing. Why why do Bubba and Forrest, neither of them, have dads? I thought that was, that's kind of interesting. It's dads on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zach, MVP. My MVP for Forrest Gump is uh, Jim Morrison because this movie uses five songs from The Doors, uh, Break On Through to the Other Side, Soul Kitchen, Hello, I Love You, People Are Strange, and Love Her Madly. I feel like it even uses more songs than that by The Doors. This movie is obsessed with The Doors like Marty is obsessed with The Rolling Stones like Gimme Shelter. I mean, this movie loves The Doors. It feels like every single freaking scene in this movie uses a Doors song. It gets very repetitive, and uh, it's hard to imagine this movie without The Doors. How, yeah, how come he didn't encounter Jim Jim Morrison? That's that, that's, that's a good point. Does he encounter uh, him in the along, book? I, I don't know yet. I'll let you know when I'm done with it. Uh, along those lines, uh, Alan Silvestri's score I really love, and the soundtrack in general is just awesome. I mean, if you if you want to hear the hits of the 60s and 70s, you listen to the soundtrack. It, I it's mean, pretty great. It's hard to argue with that music, but at the same time, it's like very pointedly obvious music. I mean, it's like there's, there's, it's very unsubtle music selections, and true. It, it, it's and not like it's bad. Our movie has the same, has the same songs. Yeah, it's not like particularly original, but I don't know. I guess Scorsese gets away with it, so maybe this movie should too. I don't know. My biggest surprise going through this, uh, this is completely aside again, but my biggest surprise going through, going uh, into this time through is that when it ends. It's not 1994. Like, I, I always felt like, okay, this movie is ending now and it's present day. It's not. Jenny dies in 1982. Like, like it ends in the early 80s. It, uh, it, and, uh, because I was starting to pace out, like, okay, where, where's the timing going here? Because some stuff wasn't quite adding up. And, uh, and then it showed her tombstone. She died in 1982. So, oh. It's not present day yet. This is all set in the past. I thought I I was surprised by that. I didn't realize that before. I okay. just had to throw that in there. One one thing I want to want to point out is like every time I watch this movie, I always thought that uh uh young uh yeah, you know, uh Forrest Gump Jr. says like, "Yeah, Curious George, Grandma used to read it to you." But I always thought he said Grandma used to read it to me, and I was like, he never met his grandma. But at the same time, I still don't think he would call her grandma if he never actually met her, because she was dead before he was born. I think that's kind of a flaw. He should have said, yo, mama. 
Your mama used to read it to you. Yeah, all I right. Mean, that would have been better than grandma. Zach, do you have a final take before we go to quote? Uh, those are such amazing takes. I can't possibly follow those up. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you guys have uh, have crapped on one of my favorite movies long enough. I'm gonna take the first quote. Um, <clears throat> and this is a this is a quote from Forrest Gump that actually is not heard in Forrest Gump. Um, it is what Tom Hanks says. Uh, is what um, Forrest says when the microphone gets turned off in the rally on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. Um, so he has, he has said that what he says in that moment is, sometimes when people go to Vietnam, they go home to their mamas without any legs. Sometimes they don't go home at all. That's a bad thing. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and that's, that's Forrest's poignant uh, statement on, on the war. And, and one of the things I thought I think is interesting is if that's his statement, kind of to your point, Zach, of, of, you know, not letting him say it so it could stay neutral on war. I mean, that's, that stays neutral on it anyways, because Forrest was just neutral on it and saying what he was thinking and saying what he thought about it. So I don't think Forrest it changed Gump. anything. Forrest Gump. I don't think Eric Roth was a good enough writer to come up with anything interesting for him to say. I mean, th- mm. maybe that's why he uh, uh, pussyfooted around. Oh. Man, guys, gosh. Also, how was this movie not directed by Steven Spielberg? Maybe that, that's my hot take. I mean, that, that would have been the, you know, that would have been the piece de, de resistance. All right. Zach, give me a quote. Okay, uh, hold on, i got to find it. Okay, my quote comes from uh, Lieutenant Dan when he's sitting atop the uh, shrimp boat in the middle of a storm. He says, and, and you got to think Nicolas Cage could have done this line perfectly. Blow, you son of a bitch, blow! It's time for a showdown. You and me, I'm right here. Come and get me. You'll never sink this boat. And that, to me, is the most memorable line from this movie, of a movie that doesn't have a lot of memorable lines, but just thought I'd throw that out there. I struggled coming I, up with a memorable line from this movie. I, I love I love your acting chops that you uh, thank that you. you showed there. Thank you, was, and, I, and great, it does it does apply to this podcast sometimes. You know, you'll never sink this boat. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we uh, yeah, Todd, quote. Okay, number one, uh, the movie we were trying to come up with that got rescinded its best original song was "Alone Yet Not Alone." That God, is, come uh, and, come to stable that shit, man. Okay. I'm feeling it. Uh, there are two quotes. One is uh, one doesn't really count. It was like the the moment you're a shrimp boat captain. That's the day I'm an astronaut, and I think that's awesome because that is Gary Sinise saying that to Tom Hanks, and uh, they the next year they both played astronauts. But yeah, I noticed that too. My quote is uh, something the uh, Lieutenant Dan says. One of the first things he says is like, like he's talking about uh, Bubba's lip, and he says better tuck that in don't want to get it caught on a trip wire i never actually caught that line before but the, i like i actually laughed out loud when i when i heard that and lieutenant dan uh, like is my is he's my favorite character in the movie so he's a great character he's a great character all right well uh, that brings our uh, our podcast to a close uh, now zach now i know how you feel you know Pulling out one of your favorite movies and having right? the two of us just crap on it. That doesn't feel good. Really, least, it's just Todd. At Todd, least, Todd is great at crapping on movies. At least you won trivia because no one else cares about this movie. 
That's the bet. That's the oh silver gosh. lining. Dude. Okay. Well, let, let's just end it before you guys can say anything that's going anything else that's going to hurt my feelings. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review. We'll be back uh, next week with another episode. Until then, have fun watching movies. Despite your crass behavior, I'm glad we were able to do this together.